Welcome to episode of the Shane Eric Podcast. It is me, Jay, the fearless leader with Hamelin with Ding Dong. Hammer, how are you? I'm fair to Midland. How are you doing? Well, I'm breathing, you know, just trying to stay above water, brother. You set quite the bar for yourself there, Shay. <laughs> I try and raise the goal every couple of weeks. <laughs> doing uh, doing God's work out here, Hammer. Where you been? You've let us all down because you went somewhere. I am. I, I fucked everybody's life up. I went to San Juan, Puerto Rico. For those that are not familiar, it is a U.S. territory in the Caribbean. You do not need a passport to go there. And until very recently, it was completely legal to have cockfights in the entire territory. Yeah, I saw some of those cockfights when I was 15. I went down there. It was a great. Did you go to a stadium in East La Verde? Yeah. Yeah, they got a stadium. It's amazing. Yeah, they got a, they got a whole stadium. Probably seats like five to 7,000. Um, the greatest place on earth, I can probably testify to. But for those, uh, the uninitiated, there is a tourist area in San Juan called Isla Verde, the Coronado Beach. Really nice. There's walking shit you can do. There's a bunch of hotels on the beach. They got casinos, yada, yada. Walking distance from most of the hotels is an arena that had cockfighting in it. And you could go in there on a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever and spend all day gambling on cocks. Um, you could go view them before the fight. You could obviously see them during the fight. Um, and the way they brought the cocks out, they would have a red corner and a blue corner. And they would put these birds in see-through plastic cages. And they would get them on a pulley system. And they'd have them on the ceiling, far apart from each other, either end of the stadium, either end of the ring, really. And then they would start coming together. They would and these glass cages would come together. So the roosters would be seeing each other get closer and closer and closer. They get fucking mad and mad and mad. And then the glass cages come together and they lower them into the ring while these cocks are just key calling on motherfuckers. Uh, and then they fight. And it's a great family fun experience, you know? And then Mitch McConnell took it away in the most recent farm bill. And I'll never forgive him. Wow. Come on. Anti-American, really. Well, I remember when I went, all you saw everywhere was Ricky Martin posters. <laughs> like you, yeah. you came down the escalator at the airport That's right. to go to baggage claim, and it was just a massive picture of Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin and Miguel Cotto, what's up? Welcome to Puerto Rico, That's motherfucker. Right. Mm, yeah, well. Is that where the Paul brothers live, or is that Costa Rica? I think it's Costa Rica. I think they're more okay. of a Costa instead of a Puerto. Got it. You know, different Ricas. Both great. Nothing wrong with Costa Rica. Uh, we got a couple of headlines, Hammer. I got a poker night tonight that I got to go play in Westport against a bunch of bankers. So that's uh, something I cannot miss. They hate money almost as much as I do. What do you guys so, play? What What kind of poker? No limit. Just hold them. No limit. The two hundred dollar buy-in, but these guys can rebuy as much as they want, whenever they want. Uh, Got to be zeroed out. But there's a uh, plenty of rebuys happening. Hammer. Awesome. I like that. And have some margaritas, play some poker. But in the meantime, we got some headlines. Get into it. Cowboys, Longhorns, playoff picture, DJ of the year candidate, 
and the questions. So let's just get this shit out of the way. The Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore. So the Cowboys lose on the road at Green Bay against a three and six Aaron Rodgers wide receiver less Green Bay Packer team. And the large reason why they lost is we allowed over 200 yards on the ground against us and Dak threw 46 fucking times. Those to me are the two clearest indicators of how the Cowboys can lose football games. Actually, the, the biggest indicator is Dak throwing that much. That's the biggest indicator on our win loss total. When he throws that much, we're like three and 30 or some shit. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, but Hammer, when you were watching the game, I know we were talking about overtime when Mike McCarthy didn't kick the field goal and he went for it on what fourth and three was it? In overtime, yeah, in overtime. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we talked about you liking the call, the gamble because Aaron Rodgers couldn't be stopped and all this other shit. My question is the play before the fourth and three, the third and three, where they threw the ball again, incomplete pass. Fourth and three, incomplete. He got pressured, yada, yada. If it's third down, it's third and three in overtime, and you know you're going for it on fourth and three, why the fuck ain't you running the ball there? Yeah. Uh, you got to be able to run the ball on the road to be successful. But why wouldn't Meaning. you run? I mean, my feeling is that they didn't commit to going for it on fourth down until it was fourth and three. And if that's the way you're coaching, <clears> then <throat> I got a big fucking problem with that. You should have seen this shit coming. It's third and three in overtime. You're not kicking the field goal. Are you kicking the field goal if you get a first down? You're kicking the field goal if you're 10 yards closer? That doesn't make any fucking sense. If you're kicking the field goal, you run the goddamn ball in third and three. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, so I, I think you, you, you could run the ball there. I also think if you looked at the play call, you don't, you don't need – Steve Sarkeesian does this shit too. You don't need ten yards out, ten yard, ten yard right. routes to get three yards. Right. It's so much easier, especially on the road, to make you know, get guys in space type throws. Maybe at the line of scrimmage. Like I, right. I'm okay with that. I don't mind throwing the ball as a concept. I just mind how you do it. I, I mind it when it's third and three, and and Pollard's getting five yards of carry. I have a problem with that. Yeah. I have a big problem with that. I don't think and, – and the reason is I don't think Dak is that dude, and I think our O-line is built to run versus pass block. We have a very young O-line, hodgepodge together. They are not the guy that's getting Dak a seven-foot drop, and Dak needs to go through his progressions a lot fucking faster and let her rip when he does throw. Dak 46 times a game. This dude is not Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers threw it 20 times or 24 times, max. Yep. What the fuck? For 20, he threw 14 for 20. He's 14 for fucking 20. We're out here, Dak is ripping off 46 fucking throws like this is Drew Brees in the glory days. That ain't it. Dak is not that dude. And same with Tony Romo. Tony Romo is a great quarterback. He was never the quarterback that should be throwing it 50 times a game. He is, does not have that arm talent. And a, a, a tiny slice of the NFL quarterbacks do. I ain't putting nothing on Romo or Dak. There's a small sliver. Of NFL quarterbacks can let it rip 50 times a game and you can win consistently. That is not Tony Romo, was not, and that is not Dak Prescott. Period. Well, it, we have this, con we've ha been having this conversation for like 10 years. <laughs> the Cowboys. I don't, yeah. I'm in the acceptance stage that I don't think it's going to change. Like, 
it's pretty obvious that the teams that win Super Bowls have su- really successful run games, power run games, and yeah. and score off play action or get big chunks off play action, and then they dip, they dink and dunk in between. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't attempt to do any of those things. Not consistently. We We're okay no. at all of them. Exactly, and we can't do it on the road. That's the thing is the Packers. Packers are not we, that. We good. have moments. If you can't win, right, right, but you can't win that game on the road. What is your actual ceiling as a team? Who are you? Because that's a, that's a game that a playoff caliber, an NFC Championship caliber team wins, and the Cowboys dropped it right in their fucking lap. I don't know. Yeah, I I just think like. Dak's got to, at some point, just has to step up and be the guy. Right. In big situations. Like, I right. mean, like, Dak's got to take that ball and score. I'm sorry. Like, at what yes, point in exactly. his career do you just say, exactly. like, when you need him, he's got to step up. He's getting paid. Hammer, how much are they making? How much are they paying him? 40? I think he's better in the middle of the road, but he's making a way too much money to be doing what he's doing. Way too much. Hammer, let's talk about the playoff picture here because this is my concern, always has been my concern. When we get to the playoffs, everybody knows the God. If we make it, if we get to the fucking playoffs, because everybody knows the goddamn routine now, it's run the damn ball against the Cowboys. And here's the playoff picture if it happened today. First round by in the NFC or the Eagles. And then number two seed are the Vikings, Dalvin Cook. Three seed are the Seahawks. Four seed are the Bucks. They can run whenever they want. Five is Saquon Barkley and the Giants. Six are the Cowboys. Seven is Christian McCaffrey and the Niners. Now, out of those seven teams, we're one of them. So out of the six teams, I'm counting five that can run the fucking ball whenever they want. That's an issue. That's a big fucking issue. It's no bueno, my friend. I mean, at some point you got to establish the run game. Yeah, and we're fucked until they get the run defense going. Yeah, a lot of penalties, a lot of fourth. It's hard to address. It's hard to address in the middle of the season, though, too, right? I mean, this is stuff we have the trade deadline going now, right? Exactly. (laughs) All right, fine. Let's talk about the Longhorns, Quinn Ewers, and Steve Sarkeesian. Match made in hell or what, Hammer? <laughs> well, Sark went won a big game in Manhattan yeah. against Kansas State on the road. Yeah. Almost let them come back and win, but we don't need to get into that. True. And had a big moment last week against TCU. Um, and I, I put this mostly on Sark. I, I think Quinn is is who he is. He's he's a super talented quarterback in terms of arm strength he's got elite you know tools from that regard but he's still you know he's still young he's still trying to figure out this all I don't think he knows the offense and, and so for me it's like you gotta adapt to to your team's skill set mm-hmm. and you saw what happened in the second half on the fourth quarter when we started running more like a spread offense versus yeah. Sark's offense yeah we had success we were running wide receiver screens you know, uh, some dink and dunks. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think at this point, we've got a ton of firepower on the offense, and Sark just is 
and, and look like he's getting people open downfield. Right. It's just not happening. So, you, so you gotta, you gotta adjust, man. I mean, I think Quinn will be good. He's not going to be, you know, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, he's not Trevor Lawrence, right? Right. right. By any means, I think the Alabama game and some of the OU game teed him up to be reading his own headlines. Maybe. I don't know if that's what's going on. I, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, you just got to find a way to win. And we, we should have won that game. Oh yeah. I mean, our last defense played amazing. Last two weeks in a row. Defense has shown up. Longhorn should have won two weeks in a row. Oh, goddamn right. Well, they won the week before, but they almost let Kansas State back in the game. You know what I'm talking about. My issue, yeah. My, my issue is Ewers having a live arm because he's got a live arm. There is talent there in that fucking arm, big time talent. You cannot let that kind of talent slip away. You got to maximize and capitalize on that kind of talent when it's on campus. And I don't see Sark doing it. I just don't. <laughs> Yeah, he Sark's gotta he's gotta have a, a come to Jesus with himself, you know. Is there any he's doing heat, a lot of good things? Is there any heat on him or his seat at all? No, nothing. He's good. No. I mean, so if we so we have two games left, we're six and four. Let's say we win one of them, we're seven and five. That I think he can show. All right, I made improvement. If he if he go if we go if we win the rest the next two games, which we should win, we'll be favored in both. You know, eight, going from five and seven to eight and four with a very young team. Um, I think he's fine from a hot seat perspective. When you don't see a recruiting collapse coming or anything like that. No, I just I don't think that. I think if we win that game last week, I was at that game, man. That crowd was insane ready to just rip heads off and if we would have like came out had our typical first half and put up 25 30 points yeah and we win that game 30 or 40 because we probably only scored three points in the second half (laughs) per usual (laughs) if we win that game 40 to 17 like it's 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 missing out on the incremental uptick in recruiting because a&m's down so bad ou's down right Right, like we're not taking advantage even of that. even OQI, and that's what I meant earlier. Last two losses that Texas has had, they definitely should have won both of those fucking games. Period. That's oh, that, yeah. that's the problem. Those are both winnable games, and falling short like that is, like you're saying, you're missing out on the incremental success. Like that is a game. Yeah, those two losses are games we lose last year. That's exactly how it goes down. Probably a worse of a loss, but you're still losing them games. I think the reality, though, is, Shay, like, people aren't going to want to hear this, but it's true. If you look at the roster at Oklahoma State, you look especially at TCU's roster, you got 23, 24-year-old COVID seniors. Mm-hmm. You got a ton of, like, upperclassmen that are all over that team, and that's just not the reality, UT. And I think you need – A, you've got a three-year advantage in strength and conditioning. I mean, we have three freshmen on our offensive line, you right. know. I also think you, there's a maturity to that. 
So, you know, I'm not trying to make an excuse, but that's just kind of the reality, man. This is a young team. Isn't TCU one of the oldest teams in the NCAA? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I mean, it's a great opportunity. I'm not trying to take anything away from Sonny Dykes, but, like, that was a really good situation. I mean, that That wide receiver group, best wide receivers in the conference, you know, a senior quarterback, you know, it's a different situation. Sark has more, quote, talent up and down the roster. But it's it's a lot of young talent, and it's a lot of guys too that don't have experience winning. Right, that, that locker matters. room's lacking. That locker room's lacking lacking winners. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, look, if we go seven five eight and four, make. I mean, it, it's like you know we're 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 not winning the national championship this year. We're you know like right. I, I think people got a little too excited with some of the national media talk that like, this is a special oh, team. Yeah. It's a good team. Oh, yeah. It's not, a spe- I mean, it's not a team that plays complimentary football. No. I mean, you look at like, you know, the top dogs out there, like they figured out how to win. Right. This team hasn't figured out how to win, yet, how to win yet in tight games. And that Oakie light loss still just fucking hurts me so much. Yep. It just really pisses me off. Um, Oh, by the way, we got a uh, got good news, great news. Got a new DJ of the Year candidate out in uh, Jackson County, Oregon. You ready for this banger? Let's do it. Uh, reading from the headlines here. A 75-year-old Oregon woman is in custody after deputies say she drove 112 miles an hour and evaded capture until her vehicle was stopped with spike strips. <laughs> According to officials, deputies with the Josephine County Sheriff's Office spotted the vehicle going 112 on Interstate 5 late Friday night. Fucking bingo game. Coming on hot. Deputies attempted to pull over the car, but the driver refused to stop. Once the driver crossed county lines, deputies with the Jackson County Sheriff's Office took over the pursuit. So this is just like Smokey and the Bandit. Like when you cross the county or state lines, the other cops have to pick you up because there's no FBI back then. This is just like in uh, Smoking in the Bandit here. Uh, during the chase, the vehicle was spiked at least seven times and drove without tires from Central Point to Ashland, which is about 17 miles. When the vehicle finally stopped, deputies took the driver into custody. She was identified as 75-year-old Elizabeth Catherine Essex, your new DGEN of the Year nominee. 75-year-old grandmother eludes cops and has to only get stopped by the fucking strips. That's, I mean, <laughs> come on, hit Brandon. Well played. That's fucking incredible. That's something I don't know about. What if, I'm a big fan. I'm a big what fan about, I mean, topic du jour, what about this F- SBF dude mm-hmm. for F- the FPX founder? For DGEN of the Year. Oh, dude, the FTX yeah. guy? So I, I've taken a crash course in in uh, crypto, FTX, Democratic donors. I have not taken a f- crash course in meth-fueled orgies because I already had a doctorate in that. <laughs> but everything else. Uh, so this guy's a fucking freak. This guy's a freak, huh? Yeah, he's a freak, and he also, you know, was he was basically, you know, 
shooting craps with other people's money, which not saying that's cool, but, um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, the, did you see the interview with Vox? Vox? The fucking dude, how weird are the people that work at this company? I mean, that guy's like super weird, right? You've seen his inner, like, you have to have all, you have to have autism to work at that company. <laughs> I mean, autistic as fuck. They're all like bizarro, fucking weird. Like, it's just. I, I the CEO. I watched the interview with her. I was like, I don't even know what this person's talking Holy about. Shit. Right, dude. Like she was just I didn't like think that was word human. salad insanity. <laughs> so full of shit, dude. <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong. SBF took in like cryptocurrency on FTX, his like platform or whatever the fuck, and then he had another company called Alameda Research that was like a hedge fund doing crypto bets. So he would take in the FTX deposits like, hey, I want to store my Bitcoin with you. And then he would give it to Alameda. They would invest it in risky bets and they would lose. And FTX became insolvent. Yeah, it's like if back in the day you were sports betting on Bodog or US bet or whatever, oh, yeah. or whatever the one was. And then they just like the, the guys in Costa Rica that worked at Bodog just took all your money and then like, you know, drove down the street to the local shitty casino and put it all on like, you know, black 17 or red, you know, that's effectively what this guy was doing. I mean, he was, he was trying to, he had made some really bad investments with his hedge fund and he was chasing his losses with, with, you know, the, with, you know, customer money. Yeah. With depository, like deposits with fucking deposits. Yeah, yeah, that's the big, you know, that's the big distinction. That's also where he'll probably go to prison, is he was co-mingling funds. I was going to say, how do you not go to jail for this shit? Just because there's no regulation on the crypto or what? Uh, I don't think it, uh, no, I don't think that matters. I mean, the United States government, I mean, I think this is going to get hyper-political too. In Washington, they're, you know, they're going to stand up for the U.S. citizens that had all the money stolen and go, he was the big fundraiser for the Dems, right? The big fundraiser for the Dems out there, from what I hear. He, yeah, was I like that, a lawyer for him and shit. Well, yeah, there's that element. There's also the element of, you know, like, the, the people have been trying to figure out, like, regulation around this. Like, is it, a, is it an asset? Like, what is cryptocurrency? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of lobbying and funding to try and get some sort of de- definition around this. And I think, you know, they're basically going to potentially just burn it all down and be like, you know, this is like, you know, underground shit from here on out in a lot of the use cases for it. Pay your fucking taxes. Um, To grandstand on top of it. Totally. Of course. (laughs) What a shit show. Yeah. I mean, there's legitimate like Coinbase, like there's legitimate, there's legitimate crypto platforms that allow you to trade what this guy was doing those you could do you know you could you could do some serious like highly leveraged trades trades which is why he had to set up in the bahamas because you can't do that shit in the united states got it got it what a fucking prick dude yeah 
But like I'm thinking, like I've got a decent, I don't know, a little chunky chunk in a crypto index fund. I'm like, is this a, is this the time to buy? <laughs> time to buy. Love the streets, bitch. You know. Love the I mean, streets, dude. Dude, I'm down nine. I'm down. I mean, I'm down ninety percent. Like mine as well. My dad. My dad texted me. We got like, questions, Hammer. We got questions. I'll just finish this. My dad was like, how's your crypto investment now? I was like, thanks, dad. Because he's like a total conservative investor and gave me shit for doing it. <laughs> you fucked up now, boy, didn't you? Yeah. All right. I got some uh, Index <laughs> got some questions here. Then we're going to head out. Um, all right. Hey, fellas. Just wondering your thoughts on the Jeff Saturday situation. He did rally them to a win last week, but definitely helped that he got Jonathan Taylor back and played the Raiders. I think Frank got a raw deal. Ursay told him to bench Matt Ryan for Ellinger. Then Jeff Saturday comes in and puts Ryan back in, and Ursay says, hey, it's a good idea. Plus the issue of all the other qualified candidates on the staff that got skipped over. All right, that's a good question. Fine. Um, I do not give a shit that Jeff Saturday started over a more qualified coach. I do not care. Jim Ursay is the son of a billionaire, a billionaire himself, and a pill-popping junkie. He will always do dumb shit. And one of those things is hiring Jeff Saturday and going back against his fucking idea to bench the quarterback and put in Sam Ellinger, hook him, hook him, hook him, hook him, hook him. He's a fucking moron. That whole team's full of fucking morons. I kind of like it. I don't. I mean, I, I think it's like if something's not working, why why bring in why why promote someone of the thing that's not working? You know, it's broken. Bring it's broken. someone that hasn't been part of the brokenness. I I, I think it's fine. <clears throat> I really I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Like Bill Cower got on his fucking <laughs> on his pedestal and freaked out about the sacred profession of coaching and how it's been mocked and ridiculed with Jeff Saturday getting a jobby job. Meanwhile, every fucking head coach in the NFL has got their <laughs> fucking son on staff doing God knows what, making God knows how fucking much. Like, get the fuck out of here. This is not a meritocracy. The NFL is full of assholes failing upwards. Ask Jason Garrett. This is SOP. Why the fuck would I care if Jeff Saturday got a job over some other schmuck that didn't deserve the fucking job? Amen. I think, yeah, I think it's a little ridiculous. It's not like these people are like rocket scientists, you know? You're fucking football, man. Like, chill the fuck out. Grow up. Yeah. Uh, another question. This one might get a little prickly here, Hammer. Reading this now, this could, this could get weird. Uh, we got a rant about Texas. So I can buy an AR-15 at age 18 and walk it right down Congress Avenue in Austin, but I can't buy legalized weed or bet on a sporting event. Thank you, Evangelical. What comes first to Texas, legalized weed or legalized sports gambling? I'm sure the DGENs in other parts of the country don't realize that nearly every exit out of Texas has a casino and in Oklahoma, a dispensary or five. Why is Oklahoma more progressive than Texas? Uh, also, Mattress Mac won $75 million on the Astros. Guy's a legend. Uh, keep up the good work. Well, that's a chock full of things there, isn't it? Why can I buy an AR-15 but not 
legalize weed or sports gambling? Well, I'll give you one word. Baptists. That's why. It's the Baptists. Chock full of them. Baylor grads in the state legislature. That's your answer. Exactly right. Exactly fucking right. Ding, 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 ding. That's all there is to it. Uh, but yeah, you can go buy an AR-15 right now, walk down Congress Avenue for sure. Cops will stop you. They'll ask you questions and shit. It's not like, you know, it's the fucking Wild West. People will be like, hey, man, why, why you got that AR on your back, you fucking weirdo? Uh, yeah, and they'll ask you questions. You know what you can do now in Texas, Shay? What? Since you, since you, I mean, you haven't lived here in a long time. I didn't know this until recently. Is um, They have... And it's it's actually I'm pretty sure it's a gray area, but they have card. You can play. Po- there's poker rooms in Texas now. Legal poker you, rooms. Well, it's a gray area. You don't pay a rake. You pay an hourly rate. What about winning? So you pay. You're um, you mean four of our friends go sit at a table. We all pay ten dollars an hour and we play against each other. No way. Way man, there's a big one in Austin. There's one in Dallas too. There were some in Dallas, but they were all illegal. I've played in. They're underground illegal. games. Yeah, yeah, you played in those. Yeah, but now now they got these like hourly rate rooms where you can get. They're actually really nice, man. You, they got like food there. Like it's it's like so everybody's like got to pay an hourly rate. Everybody at the table. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good money, actually. Or you do like a membership or like you sign up for a year and you pay like three grand. I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of different like levels, right? Depending on how often you want to go. But that's how they get around because it's the, the rules. You can't collect rake. No shit. Yeah, man. Huh. Um, all right. Well, we got, I got can't buy weed, though. No, no, no. can't buy weed. But and to be fair, in Austin, you ain't getting arrested for a bag of weed. You're not getting arrested for the AR or the weed. So there you go. No. Uh I got I got poker night. We gotta we gotta wrap this up. Before we go anywhere, uh Shay and Irving on the Twitter, Hammer Day Tejas on the Twitter. Uh search Shay and Irving on Patreon. I'm doing uh Hammer, we should do this together. I'm doing a post-game rants on the Cowboys uh when they're bad. And that's going to go up on Patreon first before everybody else sees it. Producer John uh, hooked all that up. Uh, what else? What else was supposed to? Be? Oh yeah, Danny, Dan Patrick takes a gamble. Another podcast I'm on with Danny and the boys. Um, Hammer, what are you going to plug? Crypto, FTX. What are we doing? Yeah, I got a crypto coin. I'll plug it next week though. Can you please let us in? <laughs> let us in on the ground floor there, brother. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let all our listeners in. And I'll let you guys in at the beginning in the ground floor. Yeah, the Get good thing about phone. having no money is not being able to lose it. Like, I can't imagine having all your money tied up in crypto right now. And this dude just fucks you right in the ass. Yeah. I mean, it's bad. That's fucking bad, dude. I mean, I think if you got all your money in crypto at this point, like... Yeah, but how many dummies on the internet, especially on Twitter, especially motherfuckers that didn't know nothing about financial... I don't know shit about financial stuff, but if I had a phone and I was 10 years younger and an app and somebody like Tom Brady told me to buy this shit that I didn't understand, (laughs) I'd probably fucking do it. Right. There's no guardrails here, dude. You got somebody making fucking 40 grand a year, putting all their money instead of a 401k or a Roth or whatever the fuck they offer, 
put it all in FTX because Tom Brady and Giselle and 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 that motherfucker from the Seinfeld show, Larry David, they all told you to do it. And now you're fucking rotten. You're rotten. It sucks. Fuck you, SPF, you fucking punk. Go back to MIT, bitch. All right, that's it. Remember, nobody cares about you but us. Get it in, y'all. about us saying it now